I am now about to speak to Gene Simmons. You know him as the big star of Kiss, of the famous makeup that he used to wear on stage, of his famous tongue that he always stuck out, of the fact that he breathed fire on stage. He is now making his farewell tour, and I hope this is not his farewell interview with me. We're now about to speak to Gene Simmons. You were born Chaim Witzen in Haifa. I never did understand the early... Oh, you're, saying it, you're saying it the way the Ashkenazi say. It's actually Chaim. Oh, listen, leave me alone. You're lucky I'm alive, for God's sake. I'm just so glad to talk to you. Stop picking on me. What did you do before KISS? How did you, how did you begin from where you were to what you are now? How did it start? Well, my mother and I uh, came to America when I was about uh, eight and a half years of age. And I couldn't speak a word of English. But I noticed uh, just everything was big. The word big was America. The streets were big. Yeah, the cars were big. People were bigger. Sandwiches were enormous. You know, the land of plenty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I devoured American culture, comic books. Uh, I turned on something, a box called TV, which I'd never seen before when I came here in 1958. Maybe it was 1858. And <laughs> yeah, I, saw people, okay. I saw people flying through the air. Nothing I ever imagined was possible. And huge monsters and an ape the size of a skyscraper. It was just beyond anything I ever imagined. And to this day, I'm just so uh, enamored of American culture, rock and roll, movies, TV. The idea of a superhero was born right here in America, and uh, only a land that has no rules like this could invent something like that. So, How did you get here? How did you get here? My mother and I flew on El Al Airlines, oh. which was then a prop play. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. mother had gotten divorced from my father, who was a hound, had four or five other marriages and half-sisters and half-brothers all over the place. I guess he was doing the Lord's work. The good book says, spread thy seed, and he took no prisoners. He was just bang, 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 bang. Uh, it and seems to me his son is doing similarly. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're I, you're I out there doing am. the work, honey. I certainly have <laughs> sold my soul's, uh, oats, but uh, I've been married to Shannon now quite a few years, and this is the only marriage I will ever have. So tell me, is this to be your final tour ever? I mean, that's what they're saying. Uh, what are you going... I mean, Streisand made 700 final tours. Is this to be one of your 700 final tours? Well, this has to be our final one. Uh, I'm turning 73 um, this August, tomorrow, tomorrow, next month. And by the nature of what we do, I carry around about 40 pounds of extra armor and seven-inch platform heels, the yeah. dragon boots. Yeah. So the physicality of what we do, it has to be the last tour. I can't do what blues musicians do, which is sit in a chair and just comfortably pick at a guitar. Yeah. And, you know, that's enough. I've seen uh, some other bands' names. The, mains, the names don't matter. That stay on the stage too long. 
And anybody that's been on the stage will tell you better to get off while the getting's good instead of waiting too long. No, this is going to be <coughs> the last tour. But having said that, we'll still be out there for another year at least. But Gene Simmons will do what? What are you going to do? Sit home and crochet? What are you going to do? Well, uh, I'm the male of the species, so we tend not to crochet. Okay. But we'll buy you the stuff so that you can crochet. Thank but you very much. Smartass. Yeah, go ahead. What are you going to do? Well, I'm a partner in an artificial intelligence company called Noble. I'm a founding partner in a restaurant chain called Rock and Brews, B-R-E-W-S. We have two at LAX, and they're spread out across America. Uh, the first three Rock and Brews casinos uh, just opened, so that's going to be a full-time thing. I've got the Gene Simmons band on the side, <laughs> and I'm inv- involved in all kinds of uh, crypto things or do speaking engagements. There'll be lots, lots of stuff. Of course, nothing will compare to being able to wear more makeup and higher heels than you ever wore, Cindy. Oh, watch your mouth, honey. Just watch your mouth. The point is, if you are supposed to have slept with 5,000 women, which seems absolutely impossible, there would be very little of you left. You'd be half your size by now. How much, how much... How much could you possibly have done in terms of making love? Not that I'm offering or anything. I'm just asking. I don't think making love is the right uh, term. You know, when you've got a horny 14-year-old boy who goes around and, and does all that, That's that ain't love. What What is it the 14-year-old boy does? I don't want to miss anything. What does he do? <laughs> that's what he does. Is that what you do when you're making love on... Well, I don't hear you. Love. The male <laughs> of the species, uh, it yeah. takes a long time for the heart to connect to the physicality of it. So, Listen, I'm losing my mind here. Go ahead. Continue on. I'm just so happy to talk to you. I don't give a damn what you say. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that I wouldn't have called anything that I did in the past love. It's only until I, uh, I met Shannon and we had the kids and everything, that love came into it. I don't think men are capable of falling in love in their early years. Well, what about their late years? Can they fall in love in their late years? Yes, they can. The closer we get to being dead, uh, the more we think about things other than our schmeckle. Excuse yeah. me. I mean, really, I don't know what the hell to do with this interview. Just tell me. Now I would like to ask serious things. Do you and Shannon fight over cold cream at night when you take off the makeup? How does that work? Never. We actually, uh, in, a, in all seriousness, never fight about anything. Because when you think about it, we've got uh, two grown children, Sophie our daughter uh, just got engaged. She's going to get married. Nick, uh, you know, they're both teetotalers, no drugs, no booze, no smoking cigarettes. Everybody's got their health, and our bellies are full. So there's never any argument about anything that's even worth mentioning. And, you know, I think I've got the secret, which is I wake up in the morning and I say, I'm sorry. And then from then on, <laughs> the, day, the day is easy. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Where did the name Kiss 
come from? Everybody knows all these things, but in case I have some idiot who just tuned in for the first time, I have to go back and ask the simple questions. How did you start with the name Gene Simmons? How did you start with the name Kiss? How did you start with the makeup? Tell me. Well, um, being a Jew and coming from Israel especially, I noticed that predominantly in rock and roll, there just weren't any yids, none. (laughs) And the ones who I later found out were changed their name, basically dress British, think Yiddish. So uh, Tony Curtis, in his later years, he and I became friends. We used to go to dinner and speak only Hungarian, (laughs) because I'm fluent in Hungarian among a few other languages. And then found out that his real name was Bernie Schwartz. Yeah. And that Kurt yeah. Douglas was also a Yid who had a Russian Jewish name and on and on and on. And so the great assimilationists were Jews. And so I didn't think Chaim Vitz, which was my original Hebrew name, would work because it just doesn't sound, I don't know, cool, I guess is the name, is the word. I mean, and when you think about it, nobody is born Bono. What's your name? Bono. Nobody's born that, and nobody's born The Edge. Look at my son. I'm going to call him The Edge. <laughs> we, we all realize that show business is all about fantasy and creating uh, an image, and if it even means changing your name, <clears throat> then you don't need your, a last name. Share. You know, you just call yourself one name, and that's okay. You've got artistic license. And so I invented Gene Simmons. I invented myself. I didn't want to be judged by where I came from, uh, what my accent was or anything. I wanted to be a unique life form that only existed on stage. And then Kiss, the story's kind of simple, finding kindred spirits who believed in the idea and the ideal of let's put together the band we never saw on stage. I was always so disappointed by the bands I saw on stage because you may have had some good songs there, but visually it was always such a downer. Yeah. So how do we put together a band that takes no prisoners and puts in bombast 4th of July fireworks shows and visually doesn't look like any other band anywhere and so was born kiss almost half a century ago and since then we've been able to get literally thousands of licensed and merchandised products crazy stuff like kiss condoms kiss caskets we'll get you coming and we'll get you going cindy well thank you but don't push me too far i still have a radio program to do can you can you can you can you tell me what you mean but when you said that rock and roll is dead what did you mean by that gene well it is and that's only because fans have stopped paying for music um once the internet and social media and streaming and all that pays an artist something like four one hundredths of one cent per download you can't earn a living so that means that new bands especially rock bands can't quit their day job to do what they do. So when you think about it, from 1958 until 1988, that's 30 years, we had Elvis, the Beatles, the Stones, Hendrix, and, you know, just on and on, classic stuff that so far has stood the test of time. 
And then you had Madonna and the disco stuff, and you had Motown, classic Motown. You had Prince, David Bowie, on and on and on. U2, and even the heavy bands, ACDC, Kiss, Metallica, you name it, all came out of that. And then from 1988 until today, which is more than 30 years, yeah. name me the, the new Beatles or the new Elvis. You can't. And that's because that's because the business model doesn't work. That's because legislation isn't keeping up with streaming and downloading. I mean, there's a minimum wage. You can't work in America without getting at least a minimum wage. But if you write songs or you're a performer, you're getting pennies for your work. Okay, I now understand. And the trouble with you, Gene, is you're very boring to talk to. You have nothing to say ever, and that's why I'm never going to speak to you again. Well, Cindy, these are these are semantics, but I'm not anti-semantic. <laughs> and Joey's last name, my husband Joey Adams, his last name was Abramowitz. So that goes to all that you were talking about changing names. Well, of course. <laughs> I mean, the best the best way to survive in uh, nature is to be a chameleon. You know who you are. You don't have to validate it for anybody else except yourself. But if it helps you survive and traverse, uh, not have to deal, uh, that's my take your damn pills thing. But if you want to survive in the jungle, let them think it's a tiger or something else. Well, do you expect that if I have to go now because they have to have a station break, will you talk to me again sometime in the future? Sure. How much? 20 minutes? <laughs> no, I meant how much money. <laughs> I meant how long. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Gene, for you're coming welcome. on with me. Thanks, honey. Stay well. Bye. Thank you. Bye. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 